wherever in the world you are. Welcome to the Health Zone Show with Michal O'Mahuna, where with each episode I explore interesting health and well-being topics with a thought-provoking guest. These topics can range from nutrition, relationships, spirituality, finance, creativity, mental health and much, much more, so that you can live a healthier, happier and more authentic life. Guests on the show vary from health experts, spiritual teachers, finance wizards, sports legends, to ordinary people with extraordinary lives. Find us on facebook.com forward slash The Health Zone Show, or you can also join our Facebook group, The Health Zoners. We're also on Twitter, Instagram, pin interest under The Health Zone. Check out our new updated website, www.thehealthzoneshow.com, and at the moment, you can receive a free copy of my latest ebook, Seven Ways to Boost Your Overall Well Being When You Join the Health Zone. Today, I'm talking with hypnotherapist, songwriter, and author of self help books, CDs, and downloads, Glenn Harold. Good afternoon, Glenn. Hello, Mahil. How are you doing today? I'm all good. That's great. So, Glenn, tell me about your earlier life. What was it like back then? Uh, well, I started life uh, as a musician. Um, and I used to play in a band when I was young. And, yeah, really enjoyed that. Um, and, you know, I, I was kind of in the, it was in the punk era, you know, and living in sort of uh, south of London in the Bromley area, we were kind of at the epicentre of the punk movement. And it really resonated with me at the time because I was, you know, quite an angry young lad. I was running around with sort of a tough gang on the streets. And, you know, punk music kind of took me away from the streets and into something more creative. And and yeah, and I I got into a band and then later on, I did this, the cabaret circuit. And it was while we were on a cabaret show one night, there was a stage hypnotist we were sharing the bill with. And it was when I saw him work and do his thing with the audience that really sort of sparked my interest in hypnosis. And I wasn't I didn't want to do it for the entertainment thing. I was drawn to it for the sort of healing therapeutic side of it. And that really was what took me off in in a completely different direction. I've seen a couple of your talks as well, Glenn, before this interview. You were mentioning as well, like that children can be a product of their environment. What do you mean by this? Well, when when I was a kid, I was, um, you know, I came from quite a dysfunctional home life. You know, my there was quite a lot of chaos and violence in the house. So I'd run away from home. And, you know, when from the age of 12, I was sleeping rough at times, you know, and and so I, I kind of grew up with a very, you know, chaos in a very chaotic environment. And and I was a classic case of being a product of my environment you know when I was out I was mixing with other kids who came from the same kind of dysfunctional backgrounds I mean the only difference was I I grew up you know my dad was a successful businessman but he was never at home so we lived in quite a good area whereas the kids I was knocking around with came from like the count the rougher sort of council estates so but you know I gravitated towards them because I was on you know my my vibrational energy was on the same level as theirs you know, and um, so it doesn't matter where you've come from, what money you've got. You know, if you're if you're in a dysfunctional environment, you know that that's um, you're going to connect with others who are the same. 
and that was very much the case for me and um you know so really you know going into hypnotherapy that was the first time that I was able to begin to undo a lot of the dysfunctional patterns of behavior that I've got I had lodged in my unconscious and the sort of failure programming um all that kind of thing because I was expelled from school when I was 15 and you know in trouble with the law as a kid you know I had a lot of negativity going around in my head and a lot of lack of self-belief and you know it was hypnotherapy was the key to getting me out of all that and changing those patterns of behavior you mentioned there glenn as well in regard to vibrational energy but what do you mean by this well i think you know when i look back to where i was at in those days you know my you know they say everything in the known universe vibrates it's you know the desk in front of me here is you know made up of atoms and molecules that vibrate together you know, so, um, you know, and we're all made of, you know, vibrational energy, you know, we've got energy fields around us, you know, the shamans in South America say we have a luminous energy field which holds uh, imprints and, you know, so we're, we're made up of energy and light and, you know, we're 75% water. So, at a, you know, a certain level, you know, you vibrate at a certain level. And back in those days, I was vibrating at a very low level. You know, it was all drink. It was drugs. It was, you know, hanging around. It was negativity. There was a lot of negativity in my life. So my vibrational energy back then was very low. And, you know, nowadays, you know, it couldn't be more opposite, you know, because I'm, I, don't, I haven't smoked for 25 years. I haven't, you know, I don't, I very, very rarely drink. I, you know, I eat vegan food, organic food. I exercise four times a week. And and because of all of those things, my vibrational energy is a, is completely different to how it was back then. And you actually you actually perceive life in a different way. And, you know, you see things in a different way when you have a, a higher vibration. And it's not it's not that you're better or anything like that. You just have a different understanding and a different worldview of 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 life and you see things differently so yeah i couldn't have gone from you know a, a darker place back then to a to a lighter place nowadays and it's kind of reflective in my life you know everything that happens in my life tends to be good you know i tend to meet the right good people the right people at the right time you know whereas back in the day you know it was always the wrong people at the wrong time and you know misfortune and those kind of things so i think you know the the things that you put into your mind, your body, you know, are very important aspects of creating a, a good, healthy vibration. If there was any of our listeners, say, listening in there now, Glenn, and they have a low vibration energy in their life, like, would you have any tips on how they could actually, say, improve that vibration? Yeah, well, the, the things, you know, the way I started was, you know, I didn't have any money, I was broke, you know, back in the day, but I, I used to, you know, get get more um energy into my life by exercising more um i started to change my diet um and i also started to meditate you know and really uh use meditation and self-hypnosis to change my inner thought processes and to start to you know clear away some of the negativity that was you know in my head in, in those days so you know we've all got that potential you know we can all eat healthier we can all exercise more and you know use self-hypnosis and meditation i've got a free guide to self-hypnosis that i always give away um, and that can be found on my website and and also in my apps as well 
I give it away in each of my apps. So, you know, all the information's out there. You've just got to have the uh, impetus and the motivation to to want to raise the quality of your life. And I think that was my saving grace because I really did. You know, although I was kind of a bad kid and a bit wayward, I always wanted to, there was a part of me that always wanted to be good and wanted to make something of my life. And that was the bit that kind of pulled me out of a lot of those difficult situations and, you know, slowly and surely, you know, transformed my life. What attracted you into the area of hypnosis, Glenn? It was when I saw that guy, the, the stage hypnotist doing his thing. It was a bit of an epiphany because I saw, you know, a tool there for change. And and it made me realize that, you know, inside us, we, we all have the potential to to transform and change ourselves. And it, it really was that moment, you know, seeing that guy on stage do that. And then from there, I went and uh, looked up the best hypnotherapy schools in the UK. And I found um, the British School of Clinical Hypnosis in London. And I did a two year diploma with them. And, you know, I found that at the end of the course, I, I kind of felt I had a knack for for using hypnosis. You know, it's one of those things, you know. Um, you might uh, there was a lot of people on the course but they they said during the college time that 95% of the students don't actually pursue it you know I don't know if it's the same statistic nowadays but I think there's quite an art to using hypnosis and using it effectively in a therapeutic setting and I think maybe because of my you know difficult upbringing you know I'd, I'd always have an empathy for people when when people come to see me in a one-to-one situation if they've got an addiction or they've got a phobia or they're struggling in some way I could genuinely empathize because I've been there myself um, so I think I had the sort of raw materials to to kind of do well in the world of hypnotherapy and you know and I also loved it you know once I started healing myself I had this real passion and desire to help other people because I realized you don't have to stay stuck. You don't have to stay in a hole. You don't have to believe all this, you know, rubbish about yourself that you were taught as a kid, you know. So that was it. Once I pulled myself out the hole, you know, I've ever since then, I've really enjoyed doing that for other people. What actually is hypnosis? Hypnosis is, I believe, it's an altered state of consciousness where you're... You, you go into a state of relaxation mentally and physically where you become more receptive to suggestion. And, you know, a lot of people are frightened of the word hypnosis, and that can often be because of the, um, the stuff they read in the media or the hypnosis stage shows that look very dramatic and very powerful. But in, in reality, we all experience naturally occurring trance states in our everyday life. Um, and in between waking up in the morning uh, and being fully awake, there's the hypnopompic, hypnopompic state. Yeah, the hypnopompic state, which is a naturally occurring trance state. So you're not fully awake, but you're in that sort of dreamy state. And yeah, you're, you know, you're, at that point, you are kind of ready, open for suggestions at that point. The other time is when you go to sleep. That's the hypnagogic state. So in between being awake and falling into a deep sleep you're in that sort of semi-lucid state and again you know it's a good time if you if you you know to program yourself in a positive way with positive thoughts and a lot of people use my recordings at that time which is the ideal time to use them 
So, yeah, it's a, it's a naturally occurring state that we all experience. And, you know, in, in a therapeutic setting, it's a very, very safe thing. You know, with an experienced hypnotherapist, you know, you you're the typical hypnotherapy situation is where I'd guide the client into a very deeply relaxed state and I'd get to the heart of their issue, the problem. You know, if it's a weight problem or a phobia or they want to stop smoking, you know, I'd get to the heart of that and change their um you know any any negative conditioning or negative patterns of behavior i i change that and break their connection with them and you know then give a lot of post hypnotic suggestions for you know feeling more confident and you know more positive and, and achieving your goals so it's a completely safe thing and you know I'd, I'd make the clear distinction between the stage hypnosis thing which is often portrayed in the media and hypnotherapy which is a very powerful tool for changing patterns of behavior and you know achieving goals are there any times where it may not work then glenn or almost everyone that's come to see me it's worked in a certain to a certain degree because you know when people have come to see me as a as a client they they have the mode there's something in them that wants to stop smoking or wants to lose weight or wants to sleep better you know they've got that desire to do it and the key for me is you know i was always taught that if you know, you, you can build rapport with a client fairly quickly. They'll respond more readily to the, you know, to the therapy. So that was always my challenge as a hypnotherapist. You know, whoever walked in the door, you know, understand their worldview, where they're coming from, how they take in information, build a good rapport with them so they feel comfortable with you. Um, and then that that's the key to it. You know, then they become, you know, open and receptive and, you know, I, I basically always fed back to them what they wanted to achieve, you know, in, in a, when they were in a trance state. I know a lot of people use hypnotherapy as a way to, to quit smoking. It's probably down to the individual themselves whether or not that positive outcome is maintained. Well, it, it is. I mean, you've got to have the motivation to want to do it in the first place. Um, if that's not there, you know, the best hypnotherapist in the world is not going to stop you smoking. You know, if, you, if you're just there because your wife sent you or you don't have the right motivation you know, it's, it's probably not going to work. And a good example of that is a number of years ago, I saw a, a client who had a dental phobia. And this lady would, uh, you know, her teeth were in a really bad state because for 10 years, every time she tried to go to the dentist and tried to have the work done, she and she literally got to the point where she sat in the dentist chair, he turned on the drill or whatever, or the, you know, the needle for the injection, and she'd run out of the room screaming. Uh, you know, but she was in a desperate state because her teeth were, you know, in desperate need of work. So she came to see me and, you know, she really wanted to get over this fear. So I did, um, you know, from memory, I did um, a therapeutic thing where I think I I got her to visualize being in the dentist chair and and being amused, being in a state of amusement because stress and anxiety are incompatible states with amusement. So I worked on that technique and it was there was more to it than that. But that was one of the things I did with her. And she after the session, she went to the dentist, sat in the chair and on a certain trigger, she started laughing. And the, the dentist couldn't believe it because this was the woman who always cried and screamed in previous sessions with him. And there she was laughing and, and she was able to open her mouth. He did the injection, all the drilling he needed to do, the dental work he needed to do. And it was a perfect treatment and she came back to me she was delighted you know she had all the work done she needed on her teeth 
And then she said to me that she wanted to stop smoking. And she said, could you could you stop me smoking? And as soon as she said that, I realized that she was kind of putting the emphasis on me just to stop her smoking. And I realized as well that she didn't have the same motivation and desire to quit smoking as she did, you know, to get over the dental fear. And I explained all this, but I said, you know, you still need to have that right motivation. And, you know, but she was convinced that I just kind of, you know, do my hypnotherapy thing and it would work. And and because her motivation wasn't strong, that didn't it didn't work. She didn't stop smoking. So that was a classic example of, um, you know, a, a good subject for hypnosis who, you know, it worked perfectly in one area with the dental phobia but it didn't work for the smoking thing. And it, and that demonstrates how important it is to have the right motivation when you go into these sessions. So, yeah, that was, that was um, you know, I learned a lot from that. Is there any particular issues or problems that would be particularly good with hypnosis? Well, there's, there's um, many, many things. You know, the unconscious mind is, um, you know, just such a huge, great area for us you know it's something that we, no, nobody completely understands you know nobody understands what happens when we dream at night you know and a good analogy you know as to the way our minds are you know set up is that you think of an iceberg and you think of the tip of the iceberg above the water and that's often described as the conscious part of us our minds you know the mind uh, the part of our minds that we're using now when we're communicating and we're fully awake and and then you think of the 90% of the iceberg, which is below the surface. And that's often the analogy for the unconscious mind. You know, and within the unconscious mind, we've got so much potential and so much ability and talent and creativity. And, you know, that's why I'm you know, so passionate about hypnosis and meditation is because, you know, through those uh, tools, we can go, we can access you know, the, the greater part of our mind, the unconscious mind and and draw things into our conscious mind, you know, have have a, a greater awareness of, you know, how we work as it, you know, how our, you know, what how our makeup and and the things that we can achieve. And, you know, I've seen amazing thing happen, happen in therapy sessions. You know, I once had a lady who came to see me and she had a fear of the dark. And I regressed her. She was in a nice, relaxed trance state in front of me. And I regressed her, regressed her back to the cause of the fear of the dark. And she started relaying this story about being in ancient group, ancient Egypt. And she was in a temple and it was a dark temple. And this story came out totally spontaneous. She, she, you know, she drifted back into this past life. And she started talking about, you know, these sacrifices that were going on in this temple and this, you know, really colourful, weird story came out. And then the strangest thing happened in that she started speaking Egyptian. And, you know, when I brought her out of the session, out of the translate later on, she only spoke English. She couldn't speak any other language in a normal waking conscious state. So somewhere in her unconscious mind, she was able to access and speak you know a completely foreign language and you know you know I was always taught you know not to to guide sessions and not lead them so you now whether she really did go back into a past life or whether it was something imagined I, I don't know you know my my personal feeling on that was that she was accessing, accessing something from a past life um, but the, the point of it was the main the main thing was she got over the fear of the dark 
she came back to see me a week late a week later and for the first time in a long long time she could go to bed at night without any fear so you know however you get to the heart of the problem and you you know get over it as a therapist it, it's not always that important the key is you know that she she came out of it at the end of it with a you know with the fear completely gone and kind of you know her mind did the trick anyway it was her mind that sort of healed her of this phobia you know and however we got to that however colorful weird wonderful ways we got to it you know that wasn't so important as the fact that she was able to do the you know heal herself through my sort of guided hypnosis session so yeah it's um it always never ceases to amaze me what we're capable of and again like why you think hypnosis is so effective in helping people with their problems i think it's because you know we we've got this massive potential you know the 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 90 percent of the iceberg the unconscious mind is our potential it's our you know talent our creativity and using hypnosis is the key to accessing that and utilizing your your talents and your creativity and you know every great genius in history you know be it michelangelo be it einstein tesla they all talked about you know their their genius ideas coming from when they were in altered um, altered states of consciousness so in other words in hypnotic trance states you know that all of their great ideas came at those times you know another great example of that is paul mccartney he he wrote uh, yesterday he woke up in the morning from a sleep and the song yesterday was fully formed in his head and he then went to the piano or the guitar and got the song down, got the chords down. And he was convinced it was somebody else's song because he kind of, it came to him so easily. And he asked the guys in the studio and they said, no, we've never heard it. This is your song. And you know, that's one of the greatest songs ever written. And it, it came to him when he was in a trance state. And, you know, you hear of that many, many times that, you know, these genius ideas stem from our unconscious minds, you know, and the, the trap that we often fall into is to overthink stuff, to overcomplicate stuff, you know, and, uh, you know, when really the best thing you can do in your day, your waking day, you know, especially if you're having a busy time and you're getting a bit stressed and things are a bit full on, is to take 20 minutes out in the middle of your day, be it your lunch hour or whatever it is, and just switch off your conscious mind and go into that deeply relaxed state you know and you can either just be in a state of stillness and presence and you know get very very centered and not think about anything and just allow your mind to recharge or you can you know use that time get into that relaxed state and you know use it for positive affirmations or goal setting but you know that's that's one of the best things you can do in the middle of the day you know especially in this fast and furious world we live in you know, that is something that, um, you know, I recommend to everyone. And is there a way a person could actually induce that state in, like, Glenn? Yeah, certainly. I mean, I've, as I said earlier, I've got a guide to self-hypnosis, which I give out. It's on my website. Um, and, you know, that can be found uh, easily enough by, you know, searching my name. And all of my apps and all of my MP3s that I sell and distribute, um, I've got it in there and it's basically just a guide to show talk you through the steps of going into a relaxed state of hypnosis. And sometimes people um, can get a bit hung up on that when you first try it. If you've never done anything like that before, it can sometimes feel like 
you're just sitting there with your eyes shut and nothing's happening. But just, you know, one of those things, the more you do it, the better you'll get at it. And I find now, you know, I can switch my eyes off pretty much any time and go into a really deeply relaxed state and switch, you know, zone out from the outside world. I find it quite easy to do that now. But, you know, it has taken, you know, because I've been doing it for 20 years, it's something that I've got, you know, better at. But so if you've never done it before, you know, the key to it is, is just to close your eyes and just clear away any conscious thoughts, you know, anything that drifts into your mind. You know, don't fight it. Don't force it away. Just let it drift away. You know, imagine a cloud going across the sky and just fading away, drifting away till there's nothing there and you just see a clear blue sky. You know, that's a good analogy for clearing away thoughts. You know, just imagine that sky and the clouds drifting away until all you're left with is a still blue sky. Um, you know, and then when you do things like that, when you visualize those kind of things, your mind starts to quieten down and you do start to, you know, slow down. And if you could measure your brain waves, they'd naturally be going, you know, from 14 cycles per second, you know, down to the alpha state, which is around 10. And you can do that very naturally. It's a completely safe thing to do. And it's, you know, it's actually empowering. You know, when you go into that relaxed state and you just take 20 minutes out of your daytime, you, you know, you will be recharged and you'll, you'll actually find you're, you're more creative and, you know, you function better for the rest of the day because you've taken that time to almost, um, you know, give your, your mind a recharge, you know, a, a boost. So, yeah, I really recommend that. And it's often been said that Margaret Thatcher used to do something like that. And not that I'm a fan of Margaret Thatcher at all, but she was one, you know, she was running the country and doing what she was doing. And um, she would only sleep for four hours a night. So in the middle of the day, she'd do 20 minutes where she just still quietened her mind down and went into this very zen, relaxed state. Um, and, you know, it's a total recharge. You know, they say something like that is worth a couple of hours sleep in the middle of the day. And love her or hate her, she did get a lot done. <laughs> And do you think some people are more suggestive to hypnosis than others, Glenn? I think some people are, yeah, more receptive to, um, certainly more receptive to uh, relaxing and unwinding, you know, from going from a conscious waking state into, um, you know, a, a deep state of relaxation, mental and physical relaxation, where you're, you know, open and ready to take on board suggestions. Um, you know, the good example of that is when you see these stage hypnosis shows and you, there's normally six people up on stage who are doing outrageous things. Those particular subjects that are on stage are a little bit unique in the audience because the stage hypnotist is looking for the people who respond to that kind of hypnosis and will go into that depth of trance and um, follow very wacky suggestions. So when when he's got 100 people in the audience, he'll means test the audience and filter out the ones that are not that receptive in that way. And he'll end up with those six because he knows that they're kind of um, open and ready to take on board his suggestions. So it's kind of, you know, when you see those shows, it's not that it looks like he can do that with anyone and everyone. And you just can't. You know, there's only a small percentage who respond to that type of hypnosis, you know, and in a therapeutic setting. It's a little bit different because, you know, most people that come for a hypnotherapy session, you know, they want to respond to it. And even if they're a little bit fearful, they do 
have the, the right motivation to overcome their problem. And, you know, on occasion, there's been I've seen people that um, have been a little bit resistant um, or been a bit fearful of it. But, you know, often they, they tend to make good subjects. Um, I always remember one gentleman who came to see me and it was after I'd seen his wife for a fear of flying. And they just got married, this couple, and they were flying off to Thailand. But he was petrified of the flight. And when they'd been on flights before, he'd kind of passed the fear on to her. So her fear wasn't as bad as his, but she's, you know, she had it. So she came to see me first and she really wanted to get over this fear. And, you know, I felt the session worked really well and I knew she'd be fine when she got on the plane. And but I realized that, you know, he was still the problem because he was going to drag her back to the phobia again, so to speak, because he hadn't got over it. So she said, all right, I'm trying to send him along. And he came along to my therapy room and he was a bit um, dismissive of hypnotherapy. And he sat in front of me with his arms crossed and he was kind of, he kind of gave off the vibe. It was like, come on, then hypnotize me, do your best sort of thing. And I, you know, kind of, I, I managed to build a rapport with him and, and I did started the hypnosis session and fairly soon into it, I realized he was a very good natural hypno hypnotic subject. And after 20 minutes, he was responding to every suggestion I was giving him and it, and it worked really well, you know, and it was quite early on in my career. So I was quite surprised how this guy turned from being, you know, total skeptic and resistant into a very good subject. And so, yeah, that was a good example of that. And I, I then, you know, the session finished, they went away, they flew off to Thailand, they sent me a postcard from Thailand, said the flight was fantastic. They both enjoyed, they even enjoyed it. It you know, went from being total fear to them both enjoying the flight. And then I bumped into the lady six months later um, and I asked how her husband was getting on. And she said to me, well, you're not going to believe it, but he's actually taken up bungee jumping and hang gliding. And <laughs> so this guy had gone from being totally petrified to flying to actually jumping out of planes. You know, so it was a case of, you know, clearing away that fear and, you know, accessing his potential and, you know, in his full potential. He loved doing those kind of, you know, what some might consider dangerous sports. Do you think, Glenn, that hypnosis could be used as a way to manipulate people? It, it can be in the wrong hands. I mean, it's like anything, you know, used in the wrong hands. It can be used the wrong way. And, um, you know, there's stuff all over YouTube where, you know, guys are learning sort of, you know, speed uh, seduction techniques and using hypno elements of hypnosis and NLP to, you know, uh, hypnotize and seduce women. You know, and, you know, that's kind of the sleazier side of it. And, um, you know, there's, it's been said that governments have used it, you know, for, um, you know, using targets, uh, you know, to, you know, using very, very susceptible people um, to do to do work for them, you know, to do sinister work for them. And I, I, Darren Brown once displayed that in one of his TV shows. I don't know if you have you seen Darren Brown over in. I have. Yes. Yeah. yeah. One of his TV yeah. shows. He demonstrated that where. I think Stephen Fry was on stage. He was the um, he was the focus of this TV show. And the, the premise was that he took a guy, you know, normal middle class guy with no criminal background, you know, very sort of middle middle center guy. 
And he set him up over a number of weeks to believe that he was going to take out Stephen Fry on stage. And, you know, obviously there was a fake gun involved and it was the whole setup was, um, you know, fake. But this this guy who'd been hypnotized was believing that he was he was following instructions to, you know, take out the gun at a certain time and shoot at Stephen Fry in the theater. You know, it's a very interesting program. And I, I guess it will be on YouTube if people want to watch that. But yeah, it kind of shows how hypnosis can be used in the wrong way and used to manipulate, um, you know, on a, on a lesser degree, you know, advertising companies use, you know, techniques to manipulate us into buying their products. And, um, you know, I think I've heard of plenty of stories where adverts have been pulled because, you know, TV and radio companies have realized that the adverts are using either subliminal messages or you know, the kind of hypnotic suggestions to to get people to, you know, buy their thing, buy their products. And so, yeah, it does it does go on, you know, and it's something that I, I see. It, I can I spot it a mile off when it's used in adverts in in the media. And um, yeah, but, you know, I think the thing is to once you've learned the technique yourself, you've learned self-hypnosis or meditation, you know, use it, use it as a force for good. Use it for something that's helping yourself, helping other people. You know, there's nothing better than that in life. You know, you don't have to manipulate and be devious and crafty. You know, that's such a waste of energy, a waste of talent when you've, when you've got these skills. How could hypnosis say, help a person to have a more positive mindset? It's, it's really, um, you know, accessing their own inner potential, you know, through through using hypnosis um, and changing, you know, if there's any negative, you know, often negative, uh, negative thinking comes from, you know, things that have happened in the past or, you know, comes it's born out of fear. You know, fear is such a big part of, you know, what makes us, um, you know, react and, and do certain things, you know, and so I always, you know, if somebody wants to feel more positive, you know, you can just focus on positive, positive affirmations and that can work well in itself. But, you know, sometimes it can need, you know, some clearing work so that if you were, you know, taught something that was very negative or you've got a negative belief about yourself that you're no good or you're not, you know, your body's not right or you're not bright enough or you're not, you know, you'll never be abundant you know, all of those things can be changed. You know, you can feel very fulfilled and very positive about yourself and confident. You know, I was a kid that was kicked out of school when I was 15, never took any exams. And I was told by my head, my headmaster, I was the worst kid he'd had in the school for 10 years. You know, and I've ended up writing seven self-help books. And, you know, I, I but, you know, for a long, long time, I believe I did believe I was that stupid kid. You know, I, I believed what I was told. I've been told about myself. You know, and, and that held me back massively in life. You know, I just felt like I was battling all the time, struggling and couldn't go forward. You know, and that's that's the key. You know, I changed all that, you know, using hypnosis and meditation and the law of attraction, you know, and starting to project out more positivity and more self-belief. You know, I found that my external world started to change, you know, so I stopped mixing with kids who were very dysfunctional and all over the place and started mix you know attracting people into my life who are you know a similar mindset and a, you know going back to the vibrational thing on a similar you know free energetic frequency as me 
And, you know, I love that. I love that we can do that. You know, we've all got that potential to change from the inside out and transform our lives. And, and, and that's the key, you know, it just, just takes time, you know, like if you wanted to go to the, you know, you wanted to build a fit, healthy body, you go to the gym four times a week, you know, and if you want to do the same with your mind and develop a positive mindset and, you know, feel confident and strong, that's, it's the same process. You've got to give it a little bit of time and focus and energy and, you know, practice makes perfect. And could you give our listeners, say, some basic tips on how to do self-hypnosis, Glenn? Yeah. So if if it's something you've never done before, you know, the best way to start is just to, you know, find yourself in a nice, quiet place where there's no phones going to ring. You know, you're not going to be interrupted. Um, you know, dim the lights and close your eyes and then just focus on your breathing. And I always tell people just to breathe in through their nose and out through their mouth. And, you know, breathe very slowly in a circular breathing motion. And as you breathe out, just breathe away any stress or any worries. You know, feel it in your body. If you can feel any tightness or any stress, you know, the shoulders maybe. Just breathe that tension away and feel your muscles relaxing as you do that. Start with that. So just carry on with that. So you're just relaxing your mind. You're relaxing your body. You're clearing away any unwanted thoughts. And as you continue to do that, you find that your mind will become stiller and quieter. And you might still get the occasional thought come through. You think about, you know, making your husband's dinner later on, or you think about the, the shopping coming from the, you know, the supermarket or whatever. But just let those thoughts drift away. Just allow them to dissipate. Imagine the cloud in the sky drifting away through the sky until all you're left with is a clear blue sky. So there's no clouds, no thoughts left. And when you get into that state, just enjoy the feeling. Just enjoy that feeling of being present, being still, being centered. You know, and really connect. You know, you at that point, you'll really be present and aware of just the simple acts of breathing. Just breathing in pure, fresh air, drawing it deeply into your lungs and then breathing out any tension, any stress. And when you're when you're in that relaxed state, you just can really enjoy something as simple as that. It becomes something very, very sweet. And that that's it. You get into that very relaxed state and just spend time doing it. Don't even think about time. Just do it for as long as you feel comfortable. You know, there's nothing wrong with staying in the, you know, really beautiful trance state for a couple of hours if you want to you know or it could be 10 minutes you know if you're in the middle of your day and you've only got 10 minutes spare it's 10 minutes that's fine but enjoy enjoy that journey and be very present be be totally you know don't think about the past and think about the future just be in the present moment be very very aware and still and centered and you know at that point i would you know, if it's new to you, just stay in that space, stay in that space for a, a nice, pleasant time. And then when you're ready, you know, if it's 20, 30 minutes or whatever it is, just imagine that you're coming back into the, the you know, into the, into the room and slowly, you know, you could even count yourself up, you know, from one to 10. And as you count up the numbers, imagine you're coming more awake, more back into the present and, yeah you come back into the room feeling refreshed and you will after you've done 
that for even if it's 10 minutes you will feel recharged and energized and you know it makes the rest of the day so much easier because you've taken that break and you know as i said before i've got a guide to self-hypnosis that people can download so it's kind of an instruction to take you through that and it it goes into uh, more than just sort of going into that state it shows you how to use affirmations and goals to you know take it a, a step further so yeah it's something that anyone and everyone can do that i know you mentioned earlier about phobias do you think people are born with phobias or are they learned they're always learned always learn patterns of behavior you know babies you know, it's been proven time and time again babies don't have any fear you know before they've had the conditioning laid on them they they have no fear of anything um so they're always learned patterns of behavior and you know the most common one of all is still arachnophobia and you know that's kind of an irrational phobia in that you know a tiny little spider certainly in this country um you know has never harmed anyone so it's just the look of them that people don't like and that's always uh, a learned uh, pattern of behaviors you know it, it can be uh, a primary incident where you know a seeding incident where you're as a kid you saw a spider or maybe it crawled across your hand or crawled across the floor and the sight of it was something about it that frightened you and um, or it can be a secondary incident where you your mother screamed because she saw a spider so you learn to associate the fear of spiders through your mother screaming at a spider. And yeah, but it's, you know, again, it's a very easy one to get out of, you know, and I think with phobias, it's something that, you know, whatever your phobia is, you can always get over it because just as you learn to have that phobia and that fear, you can unlearn it. It's really that simple. And through a series of techniques and steps under hypnosis, you can, you know, break free of that, that pattern of behavior. And, you know, as, as well, it's important to point out that people, you know, fear of spiders is really common. You know, you, there's loads of people who've got that. But, you know, I've seen people with a fear of balloons, um, a fear of clowns, a fear of, you know, really weird, obscure fears. And, you know, every time I've hypnotized someone with one of those more obscure fears, it always relates back to when they were a young kid and something happened to them. And, you know, they they that memory then anchors itself in their unconscious mind. And often years later, they'd forgotten about that original incident, but there's this, the anxiety response is still there. So when they are faced with the thing that they were initially frightened of, you know, it throws up this, um, you know, ab reaction and, and fearful response. And often they don't know where it's come from. Quite a common one is emetophobia, which is a fear of being sick. And, you know, I saw quite a lot of people for that. And that, often stem from kids in school you know seeing another kid being sick or having being sick yourself or you know it's, it's incredible the things we pick up as a kid you know the the, the um, conditioning that happens when we're a child and how it impacts us in later life but you know the the, the most important thing to, to remember is that all of these things can be changed and you don't have to live with them you know there are tools there are therapists out there that can help you with these things. So, you know, that's the thing. Look, look, look for help if you're if you're struggling with anything like that. I actually have a good friend who is a balloon artist and and he actually has a friend who's a massive phobia of balloons. And this is actually affecting their relationship. Is there any way she could overcome her phobia of balloons? Yeah, definitely. Um, I, I saw 
um, it was a, a client a number of years ago, and it was for a magazine. It was for Closer magazine, and it was I saw four celebrities for different phobias and issues, and one of them had a fear of balloons. And this lady, she was she was actually a model, you know, a very beautiful girl, um, and she was really frustrated that she had this fear of balloons because it, it used to, um, yeah, frustrate her because, you know, she was, you know, she her career was going fantastically well, and you know, and she kind of it almost felt like she, um, you know, was very down on herself because she had she couldn't understand it. But when I got into it in the therapy session with her. You know, it transpired that back in her past, you know, when she was a kid of five, she'd gone to this birthday party and she was nervous about going, you know, and she got dressed in a you know, new, new little outfit and she was all excited, but she was nervous at the same time. And she sat in the room, you know, she didn't know too many people. And you can imagine a little five year old in this environment, you know, all frightened and scared. And and these the, you know, it transpired that these kids, other boys were in the room, slightly older, and they had balloons, and they took great delight in popping these balloons around the little girl there and frightening her. And the more she got frightened, the more they did it. And, you know, so she'd kind of buried this memory. You know, it happened to her, and, you know, a long, long time ago, and she'd buried the memories. So she could, later on, when she was saw a balloon and she had this, out, you know, anxiety response when she saw a balloon she couldn't understand she, because she'd forgotten the memory she'd forgotten the seeding incident so it was under hypnosis we uncovered this and then you know from there I was able to change the feeling she had about balloons and and reframe the experience she had when she was a young girl at the party and and that broke the connection with her she no longer had that reaction to balloons afterwards so really it's just a case of you know with your friend you know, finding a therapist who can help her do something like that, you know, find out where it came from, break the connection with it and, you know, yeah, release that fear forever. I actually know somebody else as well, Glenn, who's a fear of flying and they have a fear of flying for many years and they've never been on a plane. Is there a way they could actually overcome this or? Yeah, that's, that's quite an easy one to get over, you know, as long as you, again, you've got to want to do it, you know, you've got to have the desire to get on the plane and, um, you know, I, I've, I've got a family member who, who's got a fear of flying and I said to her, look, I'll hypnotise you, I'll help you get over it. And she said to me, well, no, I don't want to get over it because I might die in a plane crash. <laughs> and I thought with that kind of logic, I'm never going to be able to help her. <laughs> and so she doesn't really want to get over the fear. She's happy to hang on to it. And sometimes you just got to say, yeah, OK, I'll leave you with, leave you with that one, you know. Um, but yeah, so if you if you do want to do it, I've actually got a recording called Overcome the Fear of Flying, and that's on the App Store. It's um, It can be downloaded on Amazon um, or it's on a CD format. And I get loads and loads of good feedback on that where um, it's, it's really kind of a good recording, a good um, uh, theme for a recording because on the recording, I go through the stages. I get the person to visualize the day of their journey. So waking up in the morning and, you know, feeling good in themselves, feeling positive about flying. And then, you know, we, we go through the steps of going to the airport, you know, being in the departure lounge, boarding the plane, sitting on the plane. But all through it, you know, feeling really positive, feeling good about this, you know, where you're going to get a chance to travel and do something fantastic. And, 
you know, so that whole recording that that helps the majority of people. And, you know, I often flip on Amazon and read some of those reviews and people say, you know, they haven't flown for years, you know, they've stopped doing it, but they actually got on the plane using having used the recording and, and really enjoyed the flight. You know, so you can have a chronic fear of flying, but it's one that, you know, you can completely get over and, you know, feel good about, you know, enjoy the flight. So, yeah, you know, that's one you can either go to see a therapist, a hypnotherapist and work one to one with them. You know, it's normally a one session treatment. You don't often need more than that one or two sessions at the most, um, you know, or get the recording because the recording can do a really good job in most cases. So I'd, I'd recommend that for your friend. I know you mentioned earlier as well about addictions. Why do people become addicted to things? Addictions are kind of more complicated um, because, you know, there can be many reasons why people become addicted to, to things. And, um, you know, there's lots of different, especially in this day and age, there's so many more things that people can become addicted to because there's so many more opportunities in the world. And, um you know, but uh, addictions can be, you know, varied. They can be, um, you know, food addictions, shopping addictions, um, you know, internet, sex addictions, um, all kinds of things. And, you know, again, they all often have a root cause and something that's triggered that addiction in the first place. Um, and sometimes those things are easy to uncover and get to the bottom of. Other times they're not. Um, and it really depends on the addiction and, you know, what what's at the cause of it. And, you know, also if the person really wants to get over the addiction, you know, and um, you think of somebody like George Best, you know, look at him. He, he was a, you know, a, a national hero in, in the whole of the UK and Ireland. You know, he was a, he was a great man and, you know, people loved and adored him. And, you know, but he, you know, he was, I believe he had a new liver, didn't he? He was given a, he had a liver transplant, I believe. And That's the, right. the whole of the country was rooting for him to get over it, the addiction, the drinking addiction, but he couldn't. There was something in him that, where it just wasn't, it wasn't fixed, it wasn't strong enough. And, you know, I'm, um, I, I'm not an expert on addiction. Some, there's probably people out there who understand and know them a lot better than I do. But, you know, with the majority of, um, addictions you know hypnosis can work well can work really well with but sometimes you know it can't there are things like you know alcohol addiction is particularly tough to get over um you know so i'm always mindful i always find out when a client comes to see me and i say they've got an addiction i try to get a little bit of case history first to find out if i think i can really help them because i wouldn't take on anyone if i didn't think i could help them and you know there are some times when you have to refer on and it's just just not going to help them but you know addictions is a very um complex issue and you know but it's not to say you know the majority of addictions can be helped and you know even if you don't completely cure them of the addiction you can sometimes give people coping strategies you know or get them halfway over it uh, with hypnotherapy so yeah as a therapist i always tend to get a really comprehensive case history in the first place what is the difference, say, between a habit and an addiction, Glenn? I think a habit is just something that you can get into and um, kind of get stuck into without realising it. Um, with an addiction, it's normally got, um, you know, an origin that's 
you know often anchored in our you know deep in our past that you know develop and grows over time um you know so yeah i'm trying to think of something specific but um yeah i mean addictions like i say are very very complex and very can be very deep rooted you know habits are something we just kind of drift into and you know they can be easily broken because there's you know normally nothing behind it it's just something you've drifted into and um you know it's very superficial whereas an addiction has a you know much more uh you know comprehensive origin if you like why do you think that addictions have such power over people because they're often anchored in the unconscious mind and you know if people don't have access to the um you know parts of their unconscious mind where the addictions are stored then you know it doesn't matter what work you do on on a superficial level you're never going to break those addictions you really have to go into the the heart of it and you know for me when i think of you know the the drinking and you know the addictive you know i can be quite an addictive person you know if i get into something you know nowadays it's in a, in a positive way if i love doing something I can I can do it a lot you know I lo- I took up playing tennis about uh 12 years ago and and I absolutely love it you know and I joined a new club a couple of years ago and I was playing six or seven times a week and you know I kind of overdid it I overdid it I was getting good at tennis but I was doing too much of it and my knees started my knees have played up ever since I I was doing that I was doing too much and you know I'm I'm, in, I'm 53 now and you can't always do what you did when you were you know 23 so for me though i'm i'm mindful of you know uh that even positive addictions can have uh, negative outcomes if you're not careful so i try to be more more sort of balanced now but um yeah that that's really it you know if if you start to um understand your unconscious mind and you know you through self hypnosis through meditation you you develop a greater understanding of yourself and you know why you are the way you are and what what triggers you what what motivates you um and that's it the key is in the unconscious and so it's such a you know it's not just for relaxation and well-being it's all about you know accessing that part of you that holds a lot of the keys to your you know your drives and your motivations do you think there is a reason why say some people are able to overcome addictions and say others aren't then Yeah, I think um you know f- for me it was a desire to to you know let go of the the struggle and difficulty that I was faced with, you know, and pour myself out of holes and and let go of the things that were destructive. You know, f- for me it was, you know, drink drugs, you know, even gambling for a little while and, you know, bed hopping, sleeping around, all of that kind of thing. It was You know, as a teenager I thought oh that was cool, you know, it was the way to be Jack the Lad and all that, but it was just so destructive when I look back at it. And you know, so once I started to have a bit of consciousness and a bit of understanding of that and you know, I wasn't running on my ego. I wasn't letting my ego control me. I started to realize that you know, there's a different world out there. You can you can live a life of, you know, you know, grace and kindness and compassion and you know towards yourself and towards other people that's so much more fulfilling and and that was it you know it was like times in my life where i had light bulb moments things went off i met people at the right time and 
you know, years and years ago, I was driving a minicab and I, I kept meeting, you know, every now and then I'd meet really good people who spoke to me and encouraged me. And, and, you know, that was often for me, it was that, you know, I took on board think positive when I heard positive things, you know, when I, they came my way, I listened to them and, and it was those things that pulled me out of it. And, you know, for everyone, everyone listening, you know, whatever, however you feel stuck or you're struggling, you know, know that you, you've got to understand you deserve better. You deserve a better life. You know, you don't have to stay stuck in addictive patterns of behavior or fear or anxiety. You don't have to stay stuck in those things. And there are ways out of that. You know, there are ways out. And sometimes it takes time. You know, for me, it was I always use the analogy. It was like turning the tide that when I started on a, a much more positive path and I started using self-hypnosis and meditation, it took time to turn the tide back, you know, and things didn't happen fast. They didn't go from dysfunction and chaos in my life to suddenly, you know, abundance and happiness. It took time, you know, but slowly and surely as I took more steps in a positive direction, I I was using self-hypnosis every day and, um, you know, the, the stronger I got, the more, the better I felt about myself, the more confident I felt. And over time, you know, that builds a momentum and it gets stronger. And, you know, I got rid of a lot of the phobia, you know, not that I had too many phobias, but, you know, certainly addictions and bad habits, you know, those started to fall away and, you know, life just got better. And, you know, that is that that is freely available to anyone. And, you know, going back to that analogy, you know, if you want to do that, you have to put in the effort, you have to work at it, you know, use self-hypnosis every day. And, you know, may, even if it's 10 minutes, you know, those 10 minutes will, will ha- build a momentum for you. And you'll get stronger at it every day. And, you know, you look at every ancient culture on this planet, they all used, um, you know, altered states of consciousness and, you know, forms of self-hypnosis to, you know, to, to remain strong and empowered. So, you know, it's something that's innate in us and something that anyone can do. And, yeah, I completely recommend it. If there was any of our listeners going through a particularly tough time in their lives now and they're struggling and, you know, everything's going wrong for them. Is there any hypnosis, say, of your own selection or somewhere else that you would recommend people yeah, absolutely. to use? Absolutely. Yeah, well, what I've done on the, um, if if people are, have access to the App Store, then either the Android app, if they've got an Android phone or an um, Apple phone, an iPhone or an iPad, you can go on the Android Store or the Apple Store and download. I've got half a dozen free apps on both stores. The one I'd recommend is called Relax and Sleep Well, and it's my my biggest app. It's been downloaded about two million times now. It's it's been massive, and um, and it's basically there's uh, two or three free recordings on there, and these are hypnosis sessions that people can listen to. So you you download it to your phone, put your headphones on, lay down, no distractions, and just listen for 25 minutes. And it will guide you into that really relaxed state where you can really connect to the feeling of peace and calm. Um, so, yeah, that that's something, you know, it's, that's such a great thing. The app store, you know, it's I've been able to you know get my recordings out there and they've gone all over the world. And, you know, that's fantastic. Um, if you don't have access to the app store, um, you can go on my website, glenharrell.com. And there's a uh, the same recording that's on the app store, Relax and Sleep World. You can download that from my website, glenharold.com. Um, and that's, again, that's that 25-minute recording that would take you into a really lovely, relaxed state and, you know, help you to recharge your batteries. 
And also in within the app, there's the free guide to self-hypnosis. That's great, Glenn. Thanks so much. You're welcome. Nice to speak to you. Cheers. Thanks for listening to another inspiring and thought-provoking show of The Health Zone. I'm Michal Mahuna. Just to remind you, you can find us on facebook.com forward slash The Health Zone Show or you can join our Facebook group, The Health Zoners. We're also on Twitter, Instagram and pin interests under The Health Zone. To gain further invaluable resources on health and well-being, go to our website, www thehealthzoneshow.com when you're on there join the health zone and you'll receive a free copy of my latest ebook seven ways to boost your overall well-being finally i would love to hear any feedback you may have on the show and even if there are any particular guests or topics which you're interested in please email me on tune in at thehealthzoneshow.com until next time this is me hall thanks for listening and i wish you a very healthy happy and authentic week.